0: Veracruz is richer because it's long. It's a long state that it goes along the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's diverse from north to south. We like a lot seafood. We eat with corn tortillas. We we prefer black beans instead of pinto beans. Black beans is our mainstream mm-hmm. type of beans. We like a lot of stews um very simple stews. But if you go to Tabasco it's a completely different world of gastronomy. They they use other spices, they like to add for example old spice to some dishes and they have local since it's a very tropical kind of jungle like kind of weather, they have so many herbs that are original from that area and they like to use those those herbs that usually are leaves of plants like uh, chaya or hasantac that are called holy leaves to many of their dishes or their
1: stews. Behind every amazing flavor is an amazing human who has perfected their craft. Welcome to Flavors Unknown, a behind-the-scenes look at new flavors and the chefs, pastry chefs and bartenders who create them with your host, Emmanuel. This new episode of the Flavors Unknown podcast celebrates traditional Mexican cuisine, not done by a restaurant chef nor a private chef, but by a home cook who became well-respected in the culinary space with her blog, Mexico in My Kitchen, and now well-known for her recent book, The Mexican Home Kitchen. Her name is Meli Martinez. Welcome to episode 66 of the Flavors Unknown podcast. I am your host, Emmanuel LaRoche. And if you are new to the podcast, I have been in the food industry for more than 20 years, both in Europe and in the US. And every other week I share true stories, successes, and challenges from renowned culinary leaders and how their culinary heritage shape their creative process. You can find all the episodes on the website flavorsunknown.com, and please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Meli originally started to write her blog 11 years ago featuring traditional recipes and Mexican dishes for her son. She wanted to make sure he could find his mom a recipe wherever he was around the planet. If you want to win one of the three cookbook, The Mexican Home Kitchen, signed by Meli Martinez, you have until the end of the month of March to go on the Instagram Flavors Unknown, and participate to the raffle. Hi, Meli, and welcome to Flavors Unknown.
0: Hi, I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm so excited to share about the new book that we have now.
1: What was the main purpose for you to create that blog, uh, Mexico in My Kitchen, 11 years ago?
0: Before I have the blog, my idea was to write recipe book. I wanted to write all the recipes that I cook at home regularly for my son because I have only one, one child. We have moved, recently moved to United States. This was my second time living in the States. And I wanted him to have the recipes that we actually cook at home because what you will see in restaurants that call themselves Mexican or authentic Mexican have modified the recipes, and they were not too close to what we know traditionally in Mexico. And that was something that I wanted to write. I wanted to have a recipe book. In that time, cooking forums were so popular on the Internet, and I belonged to several cooking forums. And there was one in Spanish and then another one was in English. And I used to participate a lot in those ones. Then I met someone that has blog in Mexico. If the blog was in Spanish, we started a friendship and we sent emails back and forth of recipes, just about recipes and picture. Or look what I cooked today. And then she sent me the picture and she said, why don't you start a blog? And I told him, my my husband also told me that. And my English is still, to today, is not as good. It's not so oh, good. I can
1: understand you very well, so no no <laughs> yeah. worries at and all.
0: That, <laughs> and that was the part that I was afraid uh-huh. because I wanted to write it in English because my son, even though he's fully bilingual, he preferred to read English. and And I was thinking, one day he's going to get married, and he's gonna find a girl, and I don't know if that girl's gonna know Spanish, so I better write it in English. Okay. <laughs> so then my husband said, Okay, just make the recipes, take the pictures, and I'm gonna help you, uh, checking your grammar and your spelling and whatever. And then that's when I start writing the book, the blog. And that was something that I started for him. I wanted him because I know. The, the, in that time, the Internet was becoming more and more popular. And I was thinking, kids nowadays travel the world, things that we didn't do when we were younger. And you see they take vacations to Europe, to other countries far away. And I want him to find his mom's recipe in any place in the planet he was. Just go to the website and find my recipes. He didn't have to carry a recipe book with him. That's my idea. That was my idea. That was your idea.
1: So I hope your, I hope your son. How old is your son now, uh, Millie? He's
0: 20, twenty-five.
1: Twenty-five. He's 20. So uh-huh. he, does he start like cooking with your recipes?
0: Once in a while. Once in a while. Once, okay. Once, well, he, he's he's a really good cook. Okay. Uh, he whatever he cooks. When I see him in the kitchen, I know whatever he's doing, he's gonna be good. But no, he's not too much into cooking. Like, <laughs> like okay. he's more into eating.
1: <laughs> which is good. Which is yeah. good. so. You're, yeah. t- you're talking about eating, and you're talking about uh, you know uh, restaurants in the uh, Mexican so-called Mexican restaurant in the US. And I know there's been a lot of improvements, you know, throughout the years. But I'm thinking like 10, 11 years ago, when uh, you know you were going into so-called Mexican restaurant here in the US, and with the democratization of the Mexican food. That you probably didn't recognize you know, the, the, the traditional food that you were used to, correct? It was probably like a shock for you.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I remember the first time we went to a restaurant and we arrived and I saw all the waiters were from Mexico. And then you can see the door through the kitchen. And I was looking and I said, wow, the guy that is cooking is Mexican. So this is going to be good. I yeah, know Exactly. Mama.
1: Good signs. This,
0: this is going to be good. And then when they brought, I remember I ordered some enchiladas, and they brought to the table some enchiladas with a red deep, deep color and sauce and yellow cheese melted in top. And I was like, "Oh my God, what is this?" And I told him, "I thought it was an authentic Mexican restaurant." I asked the, the waiter, and then she told me something that that make make sense to me then. She told me, you know what? It's because this is what the customers know as Mexican. And then I realized that they have a business to run and they have to cater for the the customers that bring the money. Because if they make something maybe real Mexican, maybe they are not going to recognize it and they are not going to like it. That was back then. Yeah. Uh, did, and, you see, uh, did you see
1: did you see changed like in in 10 years?
0: Yeah, there are some restaurants that are doing great great a great job and trying to represent the Mexican cuisine very close to what we eat in Mexico. There are some places that do that. I know it's very hard to make something authentic because first you are outside Mexico. And to be authentic, you have to be in Mexico. And when you go to Mexico and you taste the ingredients, you taste the tomatoes, you taste the peppers, they taste completely different. The, the flavors are are enhanced, the the tomatoes, the, the peppers, they are spicy, they are really hot. And so they try to do what they can with the ingredients they have on
1: hand. Okay. <laughs> So what was the inspiration like behind like all those recipes that you had on your blog? I think that you have more than five hundred recipes, you know, on, on your blog. So what, what's the inspiration behind all of those?
0: Well, the inspiration is the regular housemaker that mm-hmm. is cooking at noon because our main meal is at noon, that is cooking at noon for the children that are traditionally no no no, today will come back from school for the husband that will come back from work to eat lunch the the, the meals that you are going to find in everyday mexican living not what you find in a restaurant or in a beach resort or in in a cooking class that you are taking in some special place like Oaxaca no no i, I wanted to to have what we actually eat every day, what some dishes you're not gonna find in, not even in a restaurant in Mexico. Some some dishes that are very house homemade meals.
1: And uh, were you ever tempted to, you know, throughout the years to personalize them and and add maybe like a modern twist to to those dishes?
0: What I have been doing lately, not very often, is. I know we, we have changed the way we cook because people is busier now and they want to have, uh, they want to have the same taste, the same comfort, but they want it faster. So I've been adapting recipes for the Instabug, for instance. We may be telling people to use certain ingredients to have a shortcut. Like one thing that we use a lot in Mexico, um, I don't know if people know. Simon, we use a lot of chicken bouillon concentrate.
1: Oh yeah, sure, chicken bouillon. Yeah. yes, yeah, yeah like the, the bouillon of, cubes.
0: Yeah, exactly. We yep. use that a lot. Mm-hmm. People, when when I tell people that, some people roll the eyes and say, "How come you will do that? You have to use regular homemade chicken stuff. But that's something that we have been doing for decades. Mm-hmm. Is is some is uh, the chicken bouillon is a a staple in yes, our it pantry. Is. In yeah. our pot. Pa- and I know in some in some European countries, it's the same, like in Germany. In France, it. too. I mean, we have oh, in yeah. France, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh okay. I know. Yeah. yeah, we use it. We use the chicken and the beef. Yeah. And the beef bouillons to enhance the flavors of many of our dishes. So at the beginning, I didn't want it to add them in my recipes. But nowadays, I I just put them. This is a staple in Mexican, in everyday Mexican cooking. I'm not talking about gourmet. I'm not talking about... Not
1: by a weather chef in other restaurants.
0: Or or traditional, ancient, or pre-Hispanic. No. I'm I'm talking about, you go to a house in Mexico right now, regular middle class or lower class, and people will have that ingredient in their house. So, that's some of the things that now I am more um, open to share.
1: Sure. But I, I'm, I'm sure there's some, uh, you know, traditional recipes that are very difficult to shorten and adapt and so on. When you think about the mole sauce, for instance, yes. it's probably <laughs> so long in the preparation that there's no way that you can yeah. accelerate that, correct?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there is no way that you can get shortcut. But let me tell you, talking about mole, there are many pastes sold in the markets and the supermarkets and in Mexico that people use and then people add certain ingredients to enhance the flavor of those pastes. And my mom is 84 years old and she's one of those people that will because she has eight children, she will use the, the the paste that you go and buy at the supermarket and add other ingredients like roasted tomatoes, roasted onion, garlic a roasted tortilla, and then you blend it in the blender and you change the flavor of the paste and give it a more homey, uh, flavorful taste.
1: So what's the profile of the people that are reading your, your blog?
0: Mostly Mexicans. Yes. Mexican people that live outside of Mexico, Mexican expats. Yes. People in Europe, in Japan, Korea, Germany, Russia. I have so many people from that live in other countries that they miss the food back home, and that they want to replicate it in wh- where they live. And then the people that had traveled to Mexico, that had actually tasted the food in Mexico and see that is very different than what they find in their countries. And then chefs, I have a lot of chefs that want to know about Mexican cuisine. And food is people that is, that is very hardcore foodie and that they like to try food from different countries. That's the kind of people that visit the block. I am, to me, that's a surprise because I never realized that other Mexicans living outside of Mexico will be visiting the block.
1: Sure. Uh, so they are yeah. they are craving because they probably want to, to um you know experience what they are used to. And do you have as well like younger generation? Because I'm thinking about all like the second, the third, the fourth generation, you know of of Mexican, let's say here in the U.S. for instance, that needs to, you know, we have seen with the younger generation that they want to to rediscover, you know, their roots and they want to rediscover and and a lot of uh, goes through the you know, food that they eat and they prepared. So do you have as well a, a lot of those individuals like uh, using your blog?
0: Yes, that is something that has been happening lately in the last two or three couple of years. There is something that happened very interesting. When previous generation of Mexicans came to live, for example, to the States, they wanted their kids to learn English quickly. They wanted to adapt to the cultures so they will fit in. So those children didn't learn Spanish, many of them, because their the parents wanted them to fit in with the new, the new society, the new culture. And so they emerged in a very American way of living. But nowadays, the, there is a new pride in our culture. People is so proud to have a Mexican heritage and there are new things that are coming now in the society like the Hispanic Heritage Month, the people celebrate Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. The people is celebrating more of our traditions and people want to learn to learn about our gastronomy. I have several people that have sent emails saying I am 40 years old. When I was growing up, my mom didn't want me to get close to the kitchen and I never learned to cook the food that she used to cook. Now she passed away and I never asked, never asked her about the recipes. And now when I see the recipes in your blog, it's like my mom is telling me how to cook. And I have several emails like that. And when, and, and I, I didn't realize that. And then when I see the reviews now in Amazon th- that the people very kindly are leaving about what they see in the the book, I think one of the words that I see often is my grandma, my grandma, my sure. grandma. That's great. So I, I think I became the grandma of so many people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mainly so the grandma for all the, gen- <laughs> the second and third generation of Mexican, yeah, in, Yes, in yes, America.
0: yes. Uh, yeah, even the the Dallas newspaper, the Dallas newspaper, yeah. Melis became the grandma, <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> That's because cute. and that is something that I was not aware that there was something missing that people wanted. People wanted to have because you know there is very, there is comfort in the food that we remember from grandma or from our mom.
1: Of course. Why did you n- never open like a, a restaurant then?
0: Before I start the blog. Mm-hmm. I met Diana Kennedy in, oh, wow. was- in Washington DC yeah. uh, at the uh, Chef José Andrés restaurant, Oyamel. Oh, this is a really good Mexican restaurant, really good Mexican restaurant. And I think I sat with her like half an hour. And then she, um, and I think she saw how passionate I was about the Mexican food. And she asked me, why don't you open a restaurant? And my husband told her, I always tell her the same. Why, did you, why do we open a restaurant? Because my husband's family came from a family that owned restaurants. And I was like, no, because I have a high respect for chefs. It's a job that requires many hours of work a day. It's standing in their feet, and it's not, people do not appreciate it. So I don't think I am cut out for that. So that's I know what goes behind, and it's a lot of work. And those chefs, um, I have a high respect for them because it's a lot of work, it's a lot of passion what they have when they open a restaurant and when they work and the many hours they put into that. But I was like, no, I prefer just to go eat at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Give a good tip and never bargain about the price because I know what it goes behind it.
1: So how did you select uh, the recipes that uh, went into your recent book, like the Mexican Home Kitchen?
0: It was not easy
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I wanted to add like at least 150, but we have a limited space. They told us we have this many pages and we have to fit in just this many recipes and um, we even have to fight a little about some pictures that we wanted to have there because the editorial said there is no room there is no room for the picture and I I want the picture I I tried to select the most common recipes for a Mexican everywhere in the country because I wanted people to see something that they can feel familiar with. And also the recipes that are most visited or most requested for my readers. And so that's that was the criteria I took to select the recipes.
1: Okay. And, and they are from different, obviously, region of, of Mexico. And I, I would like to discuss a little bit that with you because, you know, I spent... lot of time in in Mexico and in traveling and for me it's a little bit like the same thing you know from coming from France it's the the richness and the variety of uh, regional cooking you know in the different states you know in in Mexico so so you you are from Tamarolipas um, yes and this is where you are from but you have spent a lot of uh, time in different states, like around, I think, the Gulf of Mexico, correct? You've been to yes. Veracruz, yeah. you've been to Puebla, you've been to Tabasco, even to Yucatan. So, can you tell us a little bit like the the difference that exists in Tama? And I know it's very difficult probably to summarize it, um, but uh, the difference of cuisine between those different regions. Veracruz
0: and Tamaulipas have more or less the same kind of Gastronomy, but it, Veracruz is richer because it's long. It's a long state that it goes along the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's diverse from north to south. And um, but we like a lot seafood because we are in the Gulf of Mexico. We like a lot seafood. We eat with corn tortillas. We we prefer black beans instead of pinto beans. Black beans is our main stream. Uh, type of beans we like a lot of stews and um, very simple stews but if you go to Tabasco it's a completely different world of gastronomy they, they use other spices they like to add for example old spice to some dishes and they have local, since it's a very tropical kind of jungle like kind of weather they have so many herbs that are original from that area and they like to use those those herbs that usually are leaves of plants like uh, chaya hoja santa that they call holy leaves to many of their dishes or their stews and that makes different like uh, we our famous caldo de res that is our vegetable and beef stew they in some areas they will use cilantro to flavor it in other areas will in other part of the country will use mint. but they sometimes use hojasanta that is holy leaf and 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 some people even use culantro, that is a leaf that is very long, uh, extremely aromatic. So the, the herbs and the spices change from from the regions. So the dishes are very unique to the area because the ingredients are only found there. You cannot even find in, in other areas of the country.
1: And, um, wh- and what about uh, Yucatan?
0: Yucatan is, is, is I, I always tell my son, Yucatan is like you go to another country that belongs to Mexico. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because... Everything is different, the way they talk, the way they dress, the, the accent is so peculiar. And the gastronomy is according to what they have. And they are very strict or uh, purist in the way they cook. That's one of the areas where you still find that they have not changed too much the way they cook, the ingredients, the process, the techniques. And... I didn't want to add um, many recipes from there because the ingredients are not easy to find outside of Mexico. So that's what I just added, the uh, uh, frijol con puerco, that is pork with beans, because that's something easy. Everybody can find pork and
1: beans. Can you describe or give us like an idea of like a recipe, maybe from like a typical recipe from your uh, original state, like Tamaulipas?
0: Yeah, well, there there is a recipe that I am very fond of, and that is found almost everywhere in the country. But it's dear to me because it's is something that you find in small restaurants in my hometown for brunch. It's very popular. That is entomatadas. Is a tortilla that is slightly fried just to to make it pliable, and then you. Stuff. You roll the tortilla, but you fill it with um, queso fresco and chopped white onion, and then you stuff it with that. You roll it, or you just fold it, and then you bat you bat the tortilla with uh, tomato sauce. The tomato sauce uh, that you cook the tomatoes, and then you you cook it with water. You boil it, and then you put it in a blender and you fry that sauce. And you can bat them, or before you fry the tortillas, you can even dip them in the the tomato sauce, and then you cover them. It's kind of like an enchilada, but it's tomatoes. And then you top those tortillas with a lot of that queso fresco and chopped white onion. It's a very simple dish. For me, it kind of resembles like a pasta dish, because it's tomato, cheese, and instead of pasta, we have tortillas, corn tortillas. It's a corn
1: tortillas. I wanted to ask you, is it corn or flour? Yeah, yeah,
0: it's corn, corn. tortillas. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's the recipes in the book. It's a very popular brunch in my hometown. And and children and adults like it.
1: So you spent the, the, your youth you know, in Tampico, and then you had a, a, a grandmother uh, that had the farm in Veracruz. So... Was food and cooking already an important part uh, in your life when you were young?
0: Yeah, because, you know, in those times when you're a member of the family that had so many children and you are the older, you have to help in the house. You have to help cooking. You have to help taking care of your younger siblings. And in the summer, my mom used to send us to the farm with my mom. Because I just think she got crazy with so many children. <laughs> she needed a break. <laughs> she said, okay,
1: so, let's yeah. go and see your grandmother.
0: <laughs> yeah. So she sent us there for my grandma. We were an extra help because there were also a lot of children in the farm and the, the boys would help and with fishing or hunting or going to the, the film, um, film, um, but, um, I had to help in the kitchen. And one of the things that I used to do in the kitchen is that I my job was to help bring in water from the river to drink and grinding the corn. That that was my, my, my job, grinding the corn and then helping my brother to take the lunch to the farmers in the field. After mm-hmm. the lunch was ready and uh, It was quite, it's interesting because when you are growing up, you see it as a task and, and you don't realize it until you are older that it was a school, a school of life. That you learn how to go grab good for the, for the stuff. And even when it's rainy and your grandma tells you, you had to go grab the wood or the small twines that it under the trees because those are dry. So we can make a fire for cooking with those ones. And mm-hmm. um, things like that that you don't realize, but it's a teaching. It's, it's a school.
1: And did she teach you as the, to make the, the tortilla?
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We have, it was kind of like a mass production thing because, because I have other uh, cousins and my aunts and my grandma. Everybody has a job and a station in the kitchen and I was grinding the corn in the in the metal corn grinder and my aunt was the one in charge of passing that, passing it through the metate to the stone metate to make it finer and then she will make the tortillas and my grandma will be making the main dishes and my cousin will make the salsas. So everybody has a job. In, in the farm, in the kitchen.
1: Okay. So, what's your favorite, the most, let's say, your most preferred ingredient to work you know, for each of the seasons?
0: Tomatoes, I will be. Uh, tomatoes. For the summer, <laughs> I guess. You, well, you, you know what? One, one thing that I found um, there is a book club online that was cooking a recipes from the book this last december and they mm-hmm. were talking that they couldn't make the recipe because it's not tomato season and i was telling them that one of the things that i personally do is i the tomatoes that you find at the store they are not ready to eat you ha- you have to bring it home place it in your counter in the kitchen and wait wait for a week and then they're going to be juicy they're going to be deep red then they're going to be ready to use because we if we cook with tomatoes, zero run.
1: Okay. Not in the
0: sun. We the whole year we eat. We cook with tomatoes.
1: Okay. And do you have like any other um, favorite ingredients? You know, for I don't know, like in in the fall or in the winter.
0: We have like, for example, in in the fall, we we have the pumpkins and um, we make tamales with pumpkins. We with and we making empanadas with. Baking panadas with pumpkin, we make a atole, that is a hot drink, with a atole, and we add it to some dishes in the fall season. And then in uh, the summer, there is a lot of herbs. There is some, I don't know how to say it in English, that we have some, it's like uh, spinach and things like a, a Swiss chard. But you don't find it here. What's the name that in we, Spanish? We have as uh, there are not as, old as, My man is went blind right now. <laughs> oh, don't worry. But, <laughs> they, but, but there are some herbs that we use and we eat them, like for like for example, perslane. Like perslane is something that we eat, and there are div- different types of herbs similar to perslane that we add to our dishes.
1: Okay. So I, I want to ask you a question because one of my favorite dish, uh, which is not complicated at all, but that I have usually for breakfast is, you know, chilaquiles with either mm-hmm. salsa verde or salsa rojo. And uh-huh. is it a typical dish that you're doing in uh, in Mexico? Is it is it like yeah. across the country or is it yes. coming from a special, uh, you know, state? Is
0: more popular in central Mexico. But people make it uh, everywhere in the country, but it's more popular in central Mexico and you can find it in every restaurant offering breakfast. By the way, that recipe didn't make it to the book, and people ask me, Why did it make it? Yeah, well, yeah it, it was not easy. It was that was my next choice. question.
1: I say yeah, Why? It, because it was I flipped through the easy. pages, I'm like, Where is oh, chilaquiles?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, people ask me. Is there a chilaquiles recipe? No, it was it was a hard choice. <laughs> it's like letting one of your children stay outside of the picture. <laughs> yeah, but it was a hard choice. But chilaquiles is not in the recipe. There. No, there. Chilaquiles we make it when we take advantage we we have leftover tortillas from the prior, yes. previous day, yeah. and and one of the things that I like to do I when I want to do chilaquiles in the, in the next day is. I put them in the top of my kit the kitchen or in the counter or maybe in the oven. I just place the tortillas separate them so they can get hard, and that way they will be easy to become crispy. And you were gonna use less oil when you fry them.
1: Ah, okay. And and what kind of sauce do you use? Uh, the salsa you use on the, the green, like the the verde or the rojo.
0: I prefer uh, rojo. Rojo. Okay. Salsa roja. Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. yes you're right okay
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I, I would like to uh, pick up your your brain I always ask you know the guests that I have on the on the podcast to uh, share a recipe or at least like a guidelines of a, a recipe with uh, you know for uh, home cooks and maybe we can maybe a traditional recipe maybe from from Veracruz mm-hmm. uh, or or from Tamaulipas if you want it's you know i left that you choose. Something that I can that I could make.
0: Okay, from we make some in my hometown, and it's not in the book and it's not in the blog. We make some tacos that we call softies, softies. in English. Okay. It's, it's, it's in English because they are soft. In Spanish, it's called blanditos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blando means soft, and these are tortillas that you. Pass by hot oil, just enough time to make it soft and pliable. And then you stuff them with mashed potato. The mashed potato has to be just with salt. You mashed potatoes, you put salt, and also you make another with fried beans and another one with shredded beef. The beef usually we use flank steak that we cook with a piece of onion, garlic and one bay leaf. And we cook the meat until it's very tender and you can easily shred it. So mm-hmm. we fill these taquitos because they are like tacos. We we fill them in with these three types of filling, refried beans, mashed potato, and shredded beef. And then we cover them with a lot of shredded lettuce, mm-hmm. uh, slices of tomato, slices of white onion, a lot of queso fresco, crumble it, and then a drizzle of crema, Mexican okay. cream. Yeah. And we serve it with pickled jalapenos and carros on the side. And, and a hot salsa people want it. So we call these blanditos, taco blanditos. And it's something that people go to eat outside in, in taco stands. Okay. It's, not, it's usually not something that you will eat in your house, and uh, usually the tortilla is red because the 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 dough to make the tortillas has a little bit of ancho pepper.
1: Ancho pepper, so okay, in the tortilla, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, to in give it dough. a red color. But if you don't find it, you can use regular tortillas. Okay. And um, we call it blanditos. It's a very popular antojito. Uh, uh, it's a very popular. That people go out to eat in my hometown.
1: Okay, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I would like to uh, finish the our discussion with a, a series of rapid fire questions. So, let's start. So,
0: okay. um, I like a okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are all very easy. Don't worry. I wanted to ask you: Are you a more tequila or mezcal? Tequila. Tequila. Now I have to ask you, do you drink it with sangrita or no? No.
0: Margaritas. Margaritas. Tequila sonra. My favorite is tequila sombra.
1: Okay. Okay. Very good. Now you talk about tortilla. Are you more corn tortilla or flour?
0: Corn tortilla.
1: So what are like three dishes that you could not live without eating or cooking? Mole. Yeah.
0: Black beans. Okay. And and salsa.
1: And salsa. Okay. What's your favorite guilty pleasure food?
0: Bisté a la mexicana.
1: Oh, okay. It's
0: the steak Mexican stuff.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's your that's your guilty pleasure food. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you flan flan as a dessert? Are you flan or arroz con leche? Flan. Flan. Okay, I've done your arroz con leche, you know, over the holidays, and they were fantastic. I love yeah. arroz con leche. Yes, very good. What are like the three cookbooks that inspired you the most?
0: Wow, that's a hard one. I had so many because I collect them. El Cocinero Mexicano is a book from the 1800s, and um, Diana Kennedy's book, and um, the vintage books. From Josefina Velasquez.
1: Okay. Thank you. If I go to your kitchen at the moment and I open the fridge or I open the cabinet, what are like the condiment the spices or sauces that, that you have at hand?
0: Mexican oregano, garlic. I have the garlics in my pantry. And I have black pepper. So those are the ones that have to be there. And um, in the Fridge. I always have eggs. I always have tomatoes, and I always have serrano peppers.
1: But what about what about like hot sauces, for instance?
0: Well, I I have salsa that I just made with tomatoes and serrano. That's the most traditional salsa that we always have at home. Okay, that is that's the most traditional. I just made it uh, two days ago. That's, that's the most, and, and peppers I have uh, poblano peppers, jalapeno peppers, serrano peppers, manzano peppers, and habanero peppers in the vegetable drawer.
1: Okay, <laughs> so wow!
0: Sick. I like I like spicy food.
1: Okay, yes, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, my last question: If you could teleport yourself in any restaurant in the world for dinner tonight, where would you go? Wow. Like a restaurant I be, that I, either that you love. I,
0: I, I will be in Mexico City. So I will be in Mexico City.
1: Okay, but now you have to tell me which restaurant.
0: Uh, maybe I will be in El Cardinal. Okay, it's a very popular Mexican restaurant in in Mexico City, in downtown Mexico City.
1: Okay, so Meli, thank you so much uh, for spending time uh, with us today on Flavors Unknown. That was really um, exciting to have you. You know, on the show, I, I really love the book. And, uh, you know, if um, people that are listening, really, you need to, um, you know, get, you know, that book. And there's full of wonderful traditional Mexican recipes that uh, that you can make at home.
0: Thank you. Have a nice time talking to you.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Flavors Unknown podcast with blog and book author Meli Martinez. You can find the show notes of this episode and all the other episodes on the website flavorsunknown.com. And if you don't want to miss any of the future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast Flavors Unknown. If you have listened to this far, obviously you found value in this episode. Thank you for listening. And could you do me a favor? I would like you to take your phone now and think about one person who you know will Enjoy this episode as well, and you can share it with. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or formerly iTunes, click on the purple circle with the three white dots, then click Share, and send it via a text message. If you listen on Spotify, click on the three white dots and scroll down until you find Share, and then send it as a text message. Thank you so much. My next guest will be Chef Rich Lando from Philadelphia, a pioneer of the modern plant-based dining experience who opened his first restaurant in 1994, way before the trend focusing on veggies in the center of the plate. I see you in two weeks and until then, remember that people who love to eat are always the best people. You've just enjoyed another delicious episode of Flavors Unknown. Hungry for more? Hit subscribe. Tell us where you're listening from by leaving a review. And for social media and show notes, head to flavorsunknown.com.